welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Gotta love quandary? Head to my website, shallonlester.com, to get connected and also shop my merch and take some fun quizzes. Be sure to rate and review this podcast if you like it and follow me on Instagram at shallonxo and find me on YouTube for four new videos a week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Well, today I was trying to think of a mantra for us. I'm like, hmm, the themes of both of the questions that we tackle or more than one question, whatever. And I really couldn't find one that encompasses both of the topics that we're going to talk about. And I thought, you know what? Why am I forcing my mantras on these young ladies? I think because it's the end of the year and we're going to be talking about the next year, what's coming next, the future. We're looking to the future with so much hope in our eyes, struggling and stretching to get there. I want you guys to come up with a mantra that works for you. And you can take a minute or two. You can pause this podcast and think about it. The mantra that I need to hear this week for myself is "Mm, nobody cares. Ah, nobody cares. I get very caught up in what people think. (laughs) And I get very caught up in what people expect of me. And this is good. This has fueled a very tough, tenacious work ethic. It has fueled my career. And I don't want to turn that off, certainly. But it can be a slippery slope. And I always get like this at the holidays. And every December, because I try to do a vlogmas or I do a video every single day. And every year, it almost fucking kills me, right? And I overload my plate, whether it's with charities or buying gifts for friends or making sure my house is perfect. I've got four Christmas trees. And I have to dial it down. And I'm in this like fugue state of absolute stress and chaos today. Like my house is a mess. I have so much work piling up. And I'm like, if I don't get a video up every single day, who am I? Who am I as a person? How could I possibly look myself in the eye if I've put up 29 videos in a month instead of 31? So you know what? Who really cares, right? I mean, I know my audience wants a video every day, but I don't think anyone's really living and dying by it. If it goes up, great. If not, I think they just carry on living their lives. So for me to dial down that mania and say, nobody really cares. It's great, but it's okay if it doesn't happen. All you can do is all you can do. And you need to have some balance. You need to dial it down. So my motto today is nobody cares. And of course, I'm still going to do tons of work. I'm still going to have that work ethic. But it gives me that pause of nobody cares if your tree isn't perfect. Nobody cares if you don't have the most ideal napkin holders. What are you driving around town looking for them for? It's That's crazy. Nobody cares. I'm trying to take the pressure off myself. And so maybe that resonates with you. If not, come up with one that does. So we're going to breathe into our belly. We're going to relax our shoulders. I carry a lot of tension in my jaw and my ears. I think that's why I've had an ear infection lately is because I'm I'm tense and my ears are like, what are you doing? Just all tensed up in your ears. I could be listening too much Justin Bieber and my ears are just like literally shutting off. Anyway, we're going to relax and we're going to breathe in through our nose. We're going to say our mantra. Hold it for a beat, and we're going to exhale through our mouth, okay? In through the nose. 
Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your napkin rings. <sighs> Ugh, that feels good. One more time. In through the nose. <sighs> oh, placeholders don't really mean anything, Shallon. Nobody cares about a centerpiece. <sighs> that feels better. I hope your mantra was useful. Keep it throughout the day. And when you just need that pause and reset, go back to it. Roll those shoulders back. Do that belly breath. And let's get into the podcast because I think we're going to be ending the year on a pretty good note. So I'm not exactly the target audience for DM sliding, but like even before I became an influencer, it never, like it didn't really happen. And I think there's just something about me that isn't a target. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't see it as a bad thing, but I also don't see it as a good thing. So sliding into DMs, like on what, let's talk about how it's okay and it's normal. It's fine. On one hand, like this is the new world, you know, this is sometimes just how we meet people. We're not out at bars anymore. We're not at parties. We're not walking around campus. And even if we are, we got our stupid face masks on. Like I was at the airport the other day and I was like, oh, that guy's cute. And I'm like, is he? Is he really? Because you can see his body, which is banging. You can see his eyes and his hair. I'm a big hair person. Like, I will judge a guy by his hair. But underneath that mask, I mean, my God, he could have had two teeth. He could have had 50,000 teeth. You know, people with like too many teeth or like weird chiclet teeth. I'm a big tooth person, too. But you just don't know. So it's like, okay, we have got to adapt our hunting methods as sexual creatures. And Instagram is a better, easier way to do that, you know, while this pandemic is going on. So I get why we're spending all day online. It's like, oh, this girl goes to my school. Let me stalk all of her friends and all of her friends' cousins and their cousins. And, you know, you go down this rabbit hole, you're like, oh, she's cute. I'm going to shoot my shot. What have I got to lose? It's a very, um, you know, sort of ego bruise proof medium. You send a DM, you're like, all right, if she responds, responds. If not, no sweat. It's not like I walked across a crowded bar or cafeteria to get her attention. So that's fine. But then again, there's a difference between DMing a girl who, you know, she genuinely catches your eye and someone who does this pathologically. I was actually having brunch with my friend the other day in New York, and she is, she works in fashion. She's an influencer. I mean, she's like top 10 cutest people in the whole wide world. Love her. And she had a guy get in her DMs a few years ago. And she's one of those girls who is not really usually approached by guys, which is insane because she's so beautiful. She's so cute, but she's almost like too cute for her own good. And I think guys are like intimidated by her. I've actually talked about her before when we've talked about fashion because she's super fashionable. And I'm like, listen, when you go out, you need to wear like jeans, t-shirt, flats. Like you are already at the upper echelon of cuteness. If you go out and like Givenchy this and Supreme that, dudes are going to freak out. They're not going to know what to say to you. And they're going to assume that you're really like judgmental and like that bitchy fashion girl. And nothing could be further from the truth. She's just like this marshmallow of pure love. Anyway, she had this dude in her DMs and she like, like I said, that doesn't happen very often. So she's like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. And like, he just like saw me and reached out and like they knew maybe some people semi in common, like sort of in the same circles, but not really. And I remember saying to her at that time, beware, no guy is DMing just one girl. Again, going back to the fishing metaphor, when a guy goes fishing, he's not like, I want to catch that fish, that one right there. He'll catch any fish. 
And he's going to cast his line out again and again and again. He doesn't do it just once trying to catch one specific fish. Oh, didn't work. Going to go home. I'm never going to fish again. This isn't my thing. No, he might even stand out there with a goddamn net. Right. And I bring this up because she had this sort of like, you know, crush on him for a long time because he was always just a little tantalizingly out of reach. Like he DM here and there. He wouldn't really even text her. He would DM her like, hey, do you want to meet up for drinks? I'm in your neighborhood. And she's like, "Okay." she's like, can you just fucking text me? Like, I don't always check my DMs. I have like, you know, 60,000 followers. It's and I'm like, it's a red flag. Cut to recently she found out that all these other girls had come out of the woodwork being like, oh, he was doing the same thing to me. He was DMing me. And he had, at the same time, a secret girlfriend. Had a secret girlfriend. And I was like, I fucking knew it. I didn't know it. Like, I didn't know he had a girlfriend, but I knew, you know that there's something going on beneath the surface that's unsavory. You just don't have a name for it. And we as women are conditioned to ignore that voice. Well, where's your proof? Where's your evidence? This isn't law and order. I don't need proof or evidence. I need my own gut instinct and to follow it, right? I might not know what's beneath the surface of the water. That doesn't mean there's nothing there. I don't know what's in a dark woods. That doesn't mean I'm going to go spend the night in there. I know something is and I know whatever is in there is probably not good for me. And the same with guys and their behavior sometimes. And so... I felt, you know, she she felt good because she's like, I finally have some closure and sort of like some explanation for his behavior, why he was so like wishy-washy and vague and non-committal, even though he was the one like ostensibly pursuing me. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. He he was fishing. He was doing this to so many girls. And turns out he was sleeping with some chick in his office. And there was some girl at his gym he was like hooking up with. And I'm like, exactly. This is this is what it is. Dudes like this, they have to have a female every 10 feet. They got to have a, a bitch at Starbucks they flirt with, some chick at the gym, some chick at work, a girlfriend at home, a girl back home, a girl at their parents' vacation house area. It's like they, the ego needs are bottomless. They are bottomless. And I want to take it back to that fishing metaphor. I love this metaphor. It just works on so many levels. To the guys like this, stuff like DMing girls, it's sport. It's sport for them. It's just, hey, yeah, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to throw out a bunch of DMs. If I get some back, great. I'm entertained for the next 15 minutes. Shoot, maybe she'll come over and suck my dick. But if she doesn't respond, I mean, whatever, no skin off his back. He's probably already forgotten who you are. He's on to the next. He's put out so many other DMs. It's whatever. It's sport for him. It's fishing. But what is fishing to a fish? It's execution day. It, is, it, it isn't It is fun or sport-like at all. It's a lot of gravity. Even if it's a catch and release, that's a really traumatic ass day for that fish. And if you look at like what my friend went through, and what a lot of you guys have gone through, someone gets in your DMs, you take them seriously because you are a serious person with integrity and empathy and the ability to create and sustain a relationship. <gasps> Whoa, what a novel idea. And these dudes aren't. They're out having a good day on the emotional lake, drinking white claws and reeling in whatever they can. And you're like, the fuck, man? You got a hook in me and now I am traumatized. So we can't look at guys DMing us as necessarily a good thing. And like I said, yeah, you know, this is like the new world and how we're meeting people. But uh, 
every guy I know who's done this has turned out to be kind of a shitbird. I've never met a married couple or even a dating couple who met via DMs. Have you? I mean, maybe you have. I don't know. Maybe I just am hanging out with the wrong uh, DM crowd. But it's not something I encounter a lot. But let's talk about Instagram in general, because if you guys don't know, this is a service that I offer. You can get an Instagram review by yours truly. I will look at your Instagram, break down what you're doing right, break down what you're doing wrong, because we talk all the time about our Instagram and our social media being a commercial for our brand. And that's not a concept, though, that I want you guys to take too seriously or too literally, because you're not a brand. I am. I mean, this is my job, so I have to curate what I post, you know, very specifically. I can't be all higgly piggly with it. You can't overthink it and suck the joy out of it. You know, people just take it so seriously with like the colors all have to match. It's like, dude, ah, who cares? But you do want like an eyedropper full of that sentiment to be like, okay, what am I displaying to the world? What does this say about me? Because it is saying something. Every commercial you see on TV, I mean, it's sending a message, whether it's a smart one or it's a very stupid, misguided message, you're still getting one. So you want to make that message work for you and to your advantage. And so, yeah, this is a service I offer. If you go on my website, shallonluster.com and click get help or submit a question, you can do that there. You can also submit like longer written questions. But this is something that I think is just really fun to do. I love looking at your IGs and and seeing, you know, just what people are posting out there. And by and large, you guys are sane, normal people. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you the best and I'll tell you the worst. Let's start with the worst because it's so much more fun. What I call Kylie pages, right? Kylie pages. They're full of Kylie shots. What is a Kylie shot? You know it when you see it. It's, first of all, you're by yourself. You have no friends in the photo with you. It's a very serious selfie, right? Just so serious. Facetune out the yin-yang, or maybe not, not even. You are, um, let's see, let's see. Yeah, it's just, it's very posed. It's very serious. There's nothing like jokey or self-aware about it. Just like there's nothing jovial or self-aware about Kylie Jenner. Everything she posts is so curated. And the caption is usually like, mm, amigos lyric, like hate the game, not the player. Don't knock the hustle, rise and grind. The words rise and grind do something to me inside. They activate a deep emotional weaponry system and I become like a robot set to kill. I cannot fathom who would post that. You know who would post that? Who I think has? Claire Crawley, The Bachelorette. Her fiance, Dale. What's his last name? Moss? Dale Moss? He's a rise and grinder. He's a rise and grinder. And you look at him, you're like, oh, yes, he is. You can just see them. You can see them. And the only thing worse than a female rise and grinder is a male rise and grinder. An RNG is truly like the grossest thing in the world. Anyway, so you have these Kylie shots, right? And people who post a Kylie shot, it's never just one here or there. Oh, it's prom night. We're at Bachelorette in Miami. If you're posting a Kylie shot, you're posting many. This is kind of your wheelhouse. And the thing I always say to you guys is if we only post ourselves, the conclusion is, well, we only think about ourselves. That's the only thing that comprises our life. I say all the time, Kylie is the most boring member of the Kardashian family 
because I don't know what she enjoys. I mean, Kendall's like a sourpuss, but Kendall's like jet setting. She's, you know, she paints. She does other things. I think she has like a bit more diversity. Kylie, I'm like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You sit on your cars. You squat by your pool. You have your adorable daughter. I mean, okay, fine, valid. But other than that, it's like I can't name any sort of hallmark of her personality. Like even Kendall, a hallmark of her personality is she's a sourpuss. She's disgruntled and bored all the time. But that is a trait. You know, Chloe, don't even get me started on her IG. It's a fiasco. But do you know what I mean? Like Kylie just seems so one dimensional because she's posting things that make her look one dimensional. And that doesn't work if you don't have 200 million followers. Do you know what I mean? If you're just a regular person and you post that, you're giving off an extremely vapid impression. And studies back this up. Uh, a study that they did in London recently, and I'm sure they've done tons more, validates the theory that the more selfies you post, the dumber, the less empathetic, and the more vapid you look. And like, yeah, no shit. So my rule is one selfie for every five really more like seven to nine non-selfies. Like if you're an everyday type poster, you don't want to have, you, you want to like stretch it to seven. And think about it, one selfie a week, that's kind of a lot. Because if people come to your grid for the first time, and they look at it as a whole, it's not like it's coming up in their feed. Are they seeing like eight selfies in a row? It doesn't matter that maybe you posted them a week apart. That's all you're posting though, you know? So that's bad. You don't want to do that. And those are the girls that dudes will DM. And you might think, well, see, see, yeah, it's these like hot chick, the IG model. No, I can see the weakness in girls who only post selfies. You think a man, a hardwired predator can't? That's all he sees. This girl's mad insecure or she's mad slutty. Now, you know, we, we feel differently about the word slutty. I think it means you're just very good at one particular thing. Guys don't use it in that context, right? <laughs> like, if they're like, she's slutty, they don't mean she's good at one thing. It means she's vulnerable, weak, easily manipulative, kind of like a kite in a windy sky in terms of what people think about her. She doesn't have a, a core of self-esteem. I can get this bitch to suck my dick with two DMs. Watch, bros, watch, right? Again, not a compliment. So we don't want to present that version. So what do we want to present? Interesting people have interests. They have interests. They have family, friends, hobbies, passions, volunteering. They travel, political interest. They're curious about the world. They're not just taking pictures of their own face. We're all interested in ourselves. That's not an independent external interest. I'm interested in myself and how I look. Wow, that's like saying your interest is walking upright. We all do that. Thank you. What else are you bringing to the table? Because think about it. If someone's going to DM you, what are you going to have to talk about? I say this all the time when I talk about Tinder tips. Like, you have to display a diversity and you have to give people what I call conversational footholds, right? Like some little bits and pieces, some factoids about your life and hobbies and interests so that they can DM you. No matter what they're into, they can maybe find some common ground with you. Oh, you like ice fishing? So do I. Oh my gosh, you studied abroad in Paris? My sister studied abroad in Alsace-Lorraine. That's so funny. I bet we both speak French. Whatever it might be. But if all you're posting is your face, what's he going to say to you? It's going to be about your face. If all you're posting is your body, well, girl, he's only going to talk about your body and he's only going to see you as a body and as a face. So you got to mix it up. 
I like to see a good 360 version of someone's life when I go to their page. Where do they work? Who are their friends? Do they have a boyfriend? What are they into? What's their environment like? What are they passionate about? Do they have pets? I love to see pets. There's never too much pet content. Never too much pet content. Face content, yes, not dogs. So look at your page and be like, hey, what parts of my life are underrepresented? Now, I'm not saying that you have to like put everything that you do out on the internet and there's no secrets. No, of course not. But make sure that there is a balance, you know? And again, my page is kind of different because like this is my job. And so when you're at work, you are amplifying certain parts of your life and you're rightly and smartly downplaying or not necessarily hiding, but just backburnering in terms of optics other parts of your life. You know, you don't go into work and have 10 pictures of your boyfriend on your desk and talk only about him. You talk about work when you're at work. So don't necessarily look at my page and be like, that's what I should be doing. Do as I say, not as I do, my little lambs. But if you craft this this page that's so much more diverse and 360 encompasses who you want to be and not who you want to be, but who you are and shows like the highlight reel of all the cool things you're doing, you're going to be fuckboy proof because he's going to look at you and be like, she's got a lot going for her. She's not going to fall for my game. And these are going to be micro calculations in his mind, right? He's going to look at you and be like, mm, no, where's the slut? Ah, there we go. Kylie Page. Perfect. Because they're in it for a drive through right? An emotional drive through drive through food doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be gourmet. It sure as shit better not take a long time. It's just got to get the job done. You're not a drive through You're a nine-course dinner at Per Se, right? You're a dinner at French Laundry. You're something you savor and you enjoy because you are at the level where you can and should do that. And these dudes, they're not. And so that's, that's good. Weed them out. But I understand that the big roadblock to crafting an interesting, diverse Instagram is... Mmm, Shallon, I don't do a lot. I don't know. What do I do? Like, what's my day? Girl, get out there and diversify it then. This is your wake-up call. If you don't know what to post besides a photo of yourself, that's a red flag. That means you need to get some hobbies, some diversity, some passion, some curiosity, some goals, some friends, some pets. Always get the pets. So that your life is full. You know what I always say. I can't play hard to get. I mean, I'm just not good at it. You know, like when you like someone, you're like, oh, you want me to come over four minutes from now? Okay. I have to actually be hard to get. And I do that by keeping my life so full and so busy that I don't have time for the baloney. So if you're struggling with what to post, like, yes, this is your wake up call. Today is the day. You are today years old and you realize you need to like wake that life up and shake the dust off. And yes, of course, there's a pandemic and no, of course, we can't be hopping on jets to Monaco. But girl, there's a lot you can do. You can start a little book club, have your followers read along. You can go for walks, take pictures of nature and not just take pictures, put an interesting caption. Oh, here's the Gultheria so-and-so berry and it's used by Native Americans to, as a painkiller and people now make cocktails out of it. Learn, grow, give people a reason to come back to your page. Give people a reason to read your captions and be like, wow, that's really interesting. Look at how interesting she is, even in this emotional winter season that we're in. The pandemic, I mean, it's a literal winter. I'm staring out my window at snow right now. It's okay. You can still find those ways to grow because you can't just keep defaulting to the Kylie-ness. And if you do, 
you're going to keep getting Kylie type dudes. And who does Kylie Jenner attract? Tyga and Travis Scott. Talented musicians, I suppose. But if you had to put me in an elevator with those two men for 15 minutes and I had to try to make some sort of conversation with them, I would cut the elevator rope myself and plunge to death. I would choose that rather than trying to have a conversation with Tyga. This metaphor kind of got away from me, but you know what I mean. We have to be the kind of people that we want to attract. So make sure your Instagram is sending the right message. So a little later in the podcast, we're going to get to a Shalligator Reddit thread question about Instagram. We're going to talk about how to craft the perfect Instagram. But before we do, I want to talk tensions for the new year. Now, you may or may not have started to think about New Year's resolutions. And ugh, it's like there's just always so much pressure, you know, like, well, I guess I have to get that six pack this year. Do you know what's on my New Year's resolutions list every year? And I mean every year for the last eight years. The splits. Doing the splits. I'm really flexible and I'm really close too, but I'm not quite there. And I'm like, this is a metaphor for my whole life. I get close to achieving what I want and then I don't do it. I just, it all just falls apart and I give up. So there's a lot of emotion riding on me doing the splits. If someone wants to be my personal splits counselor, that'd be great. But this is also going to be the last podcast of 2020. Uh, My team is taking off the rest of the year. So yeah glad to do it too. That's okay though. We'll be back in 2021. We'll be back probably the first or second week of January. And don't worry, I'm still going to be doing tons of YouTube videos, some inf stream, sexy videos, all the other places that you can normally find me. So I wanted to leave this year on, I mean, as much of a high note as we can. I really just do take comfort that this year was so bad for so many people. Not that I want all this mass suffering, but you know what it's like when everyone around you seems like they're just living this glittering, magical life. And you're like, I'm on the cliffs of insanity. But it's like, you know what? We are in this together. And there, there's a, a sisterhood and a brotherhood in that. There's that social camaraderie of, dude, we, we, we got through it, sort of. I mean, we're still really trying and this is hard, but we are in this together. And it's, I think, been a long time since our country, I live in America, obviously, since our country has been so divided but in a way, so united. I see, I choose to see a lot of unification. Anyway, we're going to talk about setting intentions. And we've done videos before on vision boards and stuff. I am a huge intention person, huge manifestation person, creative visualization, vision boards. And the roadblock that keeps most of us from doing this is pure, uncut embarrassment. It is the embarrassment of dreaming what we consider too big. Barack Obama, our Lord and Savior, wrote a book called The Audacity of Hope. And that, I mean, the title alone, there needed to be nothing else in that book. (laughs) Just title is great. Because it's true, like to hope for something is audacious. It's crazy. How dare you hope for a better world? How dare you hope for a better job? Who do you think you are? How dare you think you can land the hottest guy you know? How dare you dream big? And I think it's interesting that a man wrote that book and had that sentiment because I think life lets men dream as big as they want. I mean, black men obviously 
have a much different experience than white men. But I mean, at the end of the day, they are still men and they are impervious to so many of the vulnerabilities that we women face every day, just like being afraid and be feeling vulnerable. And I, everybody, every guy I date, I really try to impart this on them. And, you know, I'll talk to my boyfriend, I'll relay a story about someone like popping off to me at a bar and he's like, well, I would have said this and done that. I'm like, you're a man. Okay, you're a man. I don't have the luxury of, you know, shooting my big mouth off. I'm going to get shot in the face. I'm going to get followed out and raped. You know, like there's the consequences are different. Anyway, I'm sorry. I feel like this is a tangenty podcast. That's all right. We're going to we're going to end the year as we've done it. Tangenty. But yes, the audacity of dreaming so big, it feels embarrassing. And it's certainly it feels embarrassing just within our own self to dream about something that we want. Oh, I, that's not going to happen. Why don't you be realistic, you silly goose? That's crazy. But to put it out there, to like claim it publicly. Oh, my God. I mean, you might as well paint a target on your forehead for just pure ridicule. And maybe people aren't going to come right out and say it. It's almost worse if they don't, because then we fill in the gaps of this imaginary Greek chorus of you are so crazy and so lame if you think you're going to get into law school. Really? <laughs> you think you're going to hit a million subscribers this year? Oh, how are you going to do that? It's worse when we don't hear the criticisms because when someone actually comes out and is like, that's fucking crazy, you're never going to do that. Like I, for me anyway, that activates this like revenge mode. And I'm like, Oh, do you think, so? thank you. Thank you for saying that because now I have a target. Now I have a localized enemy that I am working furiously to prove wrong, you know? But if not, I assume everyone's just talking about me behind my back and saying how stupid I am and like screenshotting and passing it back and forth. Let me tell you, girl, they're not. Or if people are, do you know why? Because they are losers losers. Donald Trump didn't do much for us, but he did give us the word loser back. I mean, it's his favorite word and it's one of my favorites too because it's so mean, <laughs> but it's usually so accurate. Like you're a fucking loser if you try to hold down people who want to ascend. You're a fucking loser if you don't believe in me because yo, you that's a bad bet to bet against me, to bet against someone in the Chalantrage, to bet against one of you guys. I wouldn't bet against you. If I was a betting man, I'd put all my money on you. So how do we get past this? Okay. As someone who's done this for a very long time, and I've dreamed really big, and you know what? I've achieved really big, and I've achieved big at times and economies and ages and stages that other people weren't. And I am not going to be shy in bragging about that. I don't feel like I need to be humble in my achievements. I worked hard. I'm not going to be like, oh, no, it was, it was like really no big deal. The fuck it wasn't. It was a great big deal that I've achieved what I have. And it's a great big deal what you guys have achieved. So here's my strategy. Here's what I do. I take the three-tiered approach to goal setting and visualization. I set one goal that is not at all scary, that is maybe, you know, a small stretch, but certainly executable, like... I'm going to make my bed every day. I'm going to make my bed every day. Even if I don't make it till 2 p.m., I'm still making it every day. But you know what? I'm going to endeavor to do it right when I get up and right when I get out. It And, and this is true. This is something that's on my list. 
and it's something that I do every day and it just it starts the day off right like I truly believe there's magic in making your bed because otherwise you walk into your room and you're like you just feel this sort of low-grade chaos looking at a messy bed but when it's made you're like I've done something today I have started this day with sanity and dignity and throw pillows I'm a big pillow person so you're going to set a low grade one like that, right? Maybe when, when I was a senior in high school, I set a low grade goal of setting out my clothes every single night for the next day. And I did. I did it every single day of the school year. And I, I still remember it. It was so long ago, but I remember it because I was like, you did it. And I'm proud of you that you did it, Shallon. And it made your morning go better. You weren't like dashing around. Oh my God, what should I wear? What's the weather? I checked the weather. I made my outfit. I got up. I put it on. And I was less tired. My day was, again, more stable. I felt like I just started the day off on the right foot. Wasn't making my bed, though. Then I want you to set a middle grade goal. And here, these, there's a big, like, range of what middle grade goals are. I mean, it could be something, depending on your level of achievement and your biorhythms and stuff like that, it could be something big, like, I'm going to do Pilates four days a week. That feels big to me. <laughs> I'm so lame. Or it could be something like, at least... Two Sundays a month, I'm going to use the evenings to meal prep. And I'm going to take my lunch two weeks out of the month, right? Or I'm going to take my lunch three days a week to school or work and only buy lunch twice. I'm only going to drink on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. I'm going to save 20% of my paycheck, rain or shine. One easy savings trick that my grandmother taught me was save every $5 bill that you get and put it in a shoe. I don't know why it had to be a shoe, but it did. It had to be a shoe. And she called it the shoe fund. And it was really true. It's like if you just save like every five, every 10, even every one that you get, every 20, like it really does add up. And it's kind of just like an easy way to weed things out. So come up with a mid-range goal, something that is going to make a meaningful impact in your life, whether it's saving money or working out or whatever that might be. And now mm, we're going to go to the big guy. We're going to the big guy, right? This is the big dream category. This year, I'm going to write a book. Oh, okay. It's one thing to put out to your friends. I'm going to make my bed. I'm going to make soup twice a month. I'm going to write a fucking book. Ha, <laughs> There's a lot of different schools of thoughts about goal setting. Um, most people say you want to tell people because it keeps you accountable. It keeps you, you know, in sort of a buddy system, especially if it's like a physical goal. You know, I want to train for a marathon and hey, let's work out together. But for some of us, telling people is tough. And the reason it's tough is because you get a disproportionate front loaded congratulatory response. You guys, I am writing a book this year. Yeah. Woo. Yay. You get accolades before you've even done anything, right? And so you're like on this high. It's like, oh, I feel so good. It's like I've already written it. It's like I don't even really need to. It's like I don't want to and I'm not going to. We've talked before about the sticky middle. Joel Osteen has uh, done a podcast on this. I think it's called Faith in the Middle. And it's, it's about how when you set a goal, it's exciting. When you finish it, it's exciting. But oh my God, it's that middle. You're like, oh, ha. The alarm's going off at 6. You've got CrossFit at 6.30. You're tired after a long day, but you've got to outline another chapter of this book you're writing. 
right? It's things you're like, this is just the shitty drudgery. No one's throwing me a little parade for it anymore. I can't even fathom where the end of this goal is. It just seems so far. I feel like I'm going to be going through these motions forever at a glacial pace. Ugh, I just want to give up. So make a plan for the sticky middle. Plan for these doldrums. Plan for this wall of I want to give up. Plan for the plateau. If it's a workout thing, be like, okay, say I want to lose 20 pounds this year. I'm actually going to celebrate when I lose five. I'm going to take myself to the spa. I'm going to get a petty. I'm going to get a facial, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have a little, my own little parade then. And then I'm going to do it again at nine pounds so that you have little markers to keep you going. Okay, I'm going to write this book. Once I get done outlining it, I'm going to buy that purse that I've been eyeing. All right? It does, the whole book doesn't need to be done. Meh. Or once I get done with chapters one through six, I'm going to release a teaser chapter on Amazon or on my Instagram and just get some feedback about it. So I get that other little pop of appreciation and cheering section and stuff like that. Plan for the middle. You know that old phrase, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's like on some god-awful home goods sign. But it really is true. And it's not even like I found that you have to plan for like logistics in the world. I have to plan for my own lack of motivation. Time management isn't my problem. It's motivation management. It's energy management. You know, I have plenty of hours in the day, but I have to sleep during some of those. And therefore, I can't work 24 hours a day. So I have to do some time management. I'm actually going to do a video on time management because someone suggested that. I was like, that's a really good question. It's going to force me to kind of confront my own issues with it. So set those lower goals, set those middle goals, and then set the top goals. Don't set too many. And I'm not telling you don't dream big and box yourself in. But when, if we're like, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to run that marathon and I'm going to become partner at a law firm, even though I don't even have a law school degree. You're just setting yourself for, up for disappointment. And then when you feel like, oh my God, I'm not going to achieve this, you give up on all of it. Well, I'm not making my fucking bed. Fuck soup on Sundays. I'm not doing any of this. Nothing's going to work. What's the point? And then you start to see yourself as a loser and a failure. <clears throat> so set little things. I'm a big list maker, like, because I just have so much to do. And so I make a list. I hand write it down. I love a good handwritten list. And the first thing I write on my list is make a list so that I have something to cross off immediately. Sometimes I'll write, take a shower. Oh, I did that. Look at me. Feed the dog. Well, okay. He's already been fed, actually. And it gives me a sense of accomplishment. It kind of like gets the ball rolling. So if you don't know where to start, start on goals that you're already maybe kind of in the middle of. You know, keep doing my self-care routine every Wednesday night. Keep using my hyaluronic acid serum. Keep getting my car washed every week on schedule. Whatever it might be, just so you're like, okay, Yes, I shouldn't be afraid of making my bed or doing Pilates or writing that book. I am used to living a life of achievement. This is nothing. And you know what my motto has been my whole career? Impossible is nothing. Nothing I have achieved seemed possible, likely, typical, I didn't even know anyone doing the things that I was doing. I didn't know anyone who'd written a book at 23. I didn't know any other full-time YouTubers. I don't know anyone who's going to try to become a competitive barrel racer in her 30s, which is one of my goals for 2021. But fuck it. And I look at this barrel racing goal, like 
entering a rodeo career in my 30s, like my hips are like, why? Orthopedic surgeons all over Gallatin Valley are like, yes, this idiot, she's going to break all her bones. She's going to come to us. But it doesn't scare me. And I look at it. It's like, yeah, this is unlikely. But everything I've done is unlikely. And you might be thinking, all right, well, good for you, Shallon. Like you, ha- you have done these things. Like I haven't done. I haven't. I haven't written a book in 23. You always talk about it. Okay, maybe you haven't. But I bet you've done something else. I bet you moved to a college and you didn't know anybody. And yet you rushed a sorority and you made friends. Maybe it's, hey, I survived my family. I survived this year. I was a really great big sister to my little brother. I helped my cousins. I took care of all these animals on my property. I studied and started the French club. You've done something. And we're going to talk about this more in the Instagram question. But if you don't feel like you have, well, honey, today's the day. None of us have done anything until we have, right? Everything seems impossible until it's done. So today is the day that you leave behind the childish passenger in my own life attitude, right? Today is the day you move to the driver's seat. And today is the day you say, you know what? I'm not afraid of the goals that I'm setting. Maybe I don't have a bunch of evidence that I can achieve goals. This is going to be that evidence. I want to feel proud of myself. I deserve to. And I know that there are seeds of greatness within me. And 2021 is the year I prove it. Not to anyone else, but to myself. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Chalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Stay sweet, stay savage. Stay savage.